Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 123. And of course, the first episode of season six from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. And it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Uh, now, this podcast is for anyone, literally anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam, or if you're, you know, thinking about becoming a Muslim, or if you just became a Muslim, you know, if you're no revert, or if you've been a Muslim all of your life and just want to learn more about Islam, this podcast, inshallah, is for you. Uh, now, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, I'm very excited to be back. This is, alhamdulillah, has been... Uh, a very interesting break, and I'm going to tell you in a second why. But alhamdulillah, I'm very uh, excited that you know uh, we're back, and I'm looking forward to the topics that we will you know cover in this in this season, inshallah. And yeah, this is amazing. And before we get into today's topic, there are a couple of you know housekeeping stuff that uh, I want to you know announce to you guys and and, and let you know about. So the first, the first thing is that, alhamdulillah, we have reached uh, more than 260,000 downloads or streams, however you want to call it. And again, we, we already passed a quarter of a million, which is incredible, incredible. And alhamdulillah, it's all thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, thanks to you guys, uh, this has been an incredible journey. Uh, you know, it's 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 just amazing. And for those of you who know the story, you know, the podcast started for a while with only four listeners, and I told myself, "There's only one who's benefiting from the podcast." Uh, inshallah, I will keep on going. And uh, lo and behold, we have passed two hundred and sixty thousand, you know, uh, downloads. And this is again incredible. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again this is this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know the blessing of sharing uh, the knowledge of Islam and guiding people as much as you can or um, as much as possible is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, gives you as a blessing as a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all able to guide others may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all able to you know share our knowledge with you know those who are you know, in need of that knowledge, whether they are Muslims, whether they are non-Muslims. So alhamdulillah, again, I wanted to share this with you guys. And it's, you know, been very, subhanAllah, surreal and overwhelming. Uh, and it's wonderful, alhamdulillah. So that is, you know, uh, the uh, first thing. Second thing is, um, during the break, uh, which is uh, something that's in incredible, again, uh, I've received multiple messages, multiple emails from uh, uh, you guys, from you know listeners, who told me that they started listening to the podcast as non-Muslims and now they took their shahada. It shows you the power of the true religion. It's it's insane in all the wonderful ways. It's it's subhanallah. It's amazing, you know, in a world where you think morals are just you know 
going down and, and, and people are losing their minds, there are still people, that's why it's insane and, and, and crazy in all the good ways, that people are still finding the truth and the truth appeals to them because, again, it makes sense. And again, yeah, so I received many, many emails from you guys. Uh, again, I, I could not be more happy. You know, uh, I wanted to, you know, like just tell you for those who are listening who co- already contacted me, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you steadfast. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, uh, increase your knowledge. And, you know, again, it's it's been overwhelming. And, and for those of you guys who were, you know, told me that the podcast had a big, big role to play in, in your conversion or your basically, uh, you know, be, in your journey in becoming a Muslim, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing but uh, an honor and a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yeah, just keep up the good work, do what you can. Islam is truly the religion of peace, but more importantly, it's the religion of truth. And inshallah, again, don't overwhelm my advice to you. Do not overwhelm yourself with all the things you have to do. Take it step by step. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet told us to take it step by step for those who are new to the religion. So again, don't overwhelm yourself and don't get lazy at the same time. So, you know, take it step by step, uh, you know, do as much as you can without getting lazy and say, well, take it step by step and I can do this later, later. That's not the attitude of a Muslim. Uh, And again, congratulations and welcome to Islam, my dear brothers and sisters. So yeah, that is the, 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 the second thing that I want to you know uh, talk to you guys about uh, which is a very ble- you know pleasant thing uh, the third uh, thing is that um, now for those of you who looked at the title of these this episode and they were like saying wait 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 uh, you said you were supposed to talk about the you know a continuation of the the season finale from season five which is uh, the major signs basically we will we were supposed to start the major signs of the day of judgment today talking about the antichrist and on all these things so what what happened then you know because you know some of you might say it was a cliffhanger uh, and and they you know you want to know the rest of the story but the thing is and and this is with all honesty of course i was planning on uh immediately going into the major signs however one of the interesting things that happened to me uh, during the break was i've had multiple people talking to me in person and sending me an email uh, telling me uh, that they are struggling with you know staying steadfast uh, uh, upon you know the religion uh, and that's due to a lot of things, but mainly, and, and I'm telling you, this is why we're talking about today's topic, mainly because Islam is going against the current trends in, in society. Islam is not appealing to the majority. of It's appealing to, honestly, to the same human beings, to the logical people. However, most of mankind are illogical. Most of mankind are people who are kind of oblivious of... Uh, the purpose of life. They're oblivious. And, and this is, by the way, this is not me saying. This is Allah saying that in the Quran. And we're going to get to that in a second. So the majority of mankind not are basically not upon the truth. They're upon falsehood. And however you can interpret falsehood in terms of religions, in terms of behaviors, in terms of uh, uh, you know how they live their lives and on all these things, lifestyle and so forth. So when, when, when we have Muslims who are trying 
hard to be good Muslims, and they see that almost the entire world, almost the entire world, you know, uh, is going into the wrong in the wrong direction. You question yourself, like, am I even upon the truth? Like, um, am I? Why am I from the minority? Is the minority being from the minority? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? You know, and I, I, I promise you that uh, this has been um, an issue uh, with a lot of Muslims uh, in today's world. Uh, I've talked to many. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I've, t- I've talked to many people that I know personally, and people that you know, listeners like you, yourselves, who've been basically telling me that, yeah, this is, has been a struggle because even some Muslims, even some Muslims, are following un-Islamic trends. So, uh, are we really that special, or we're just wrong, or should we follow trends so we can feel, uh, you know, like we belong to the 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 the, the rest of the world, or what? what what's the situation? situation here and this is a critical topic that i have to address before we get into uh the 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 major signs it it is critical again at the end of the day it is very important to talk about the, the major signs and talk about the day of judgment that's what keeps us actually sane knowing that there is a day of judgment however what's more critical in my opinion in my humble opinion that we address certain issues that are you know facing our muslim communities around the world you know because you don't want people to lose faith you don't want people because of the wrong reasons it's not like because they're they're not praying enough or because they're not trying enough because okay if you do that yeah it makes sense for you to lose faith and you need to basically correct yourself or your behavior however people who are losing their faith because of other people because they're watching the wrong uh, behavior is being done whether on social media whether in just society in general and they don't know since it's the majority of people who are you know doing you know that behavior they believe that they are maybe not upon the truth so this is critical to address and and there are two more topics that i have to address and they are critical to to address so in today's topic we will talk about uh, the, the, this whole trend and and what's going on here and the next uh, the next two episodes we will tackle other topics that are related to this and they will literally lead into directly the major signs they have a huge implication on the uh, will we'll tie everything i promise you that to the to the major signs but they are critical to address very critical to address so for those of you who you know were expecting uh talking about the major signs today i promise you this is more critical to address now than talking about the major signs and inshallah once we're done again i said like a couple of episodes this is not going to be like oh mid-season we'll talk about the the majors no 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 inshallah maximum inshallah two more episodes and then we'll get immediately to the major signs and also, uh, for those of you who, you know, want to get the latest updates and the release dates of the episodes and the breaks, you know, and, uh, and all these things, uh, that my Instagram account, the username has uh, changed from with Wael to Delving Into Islam podcast. So again, the, my, my, the Instagram username where I announce, you know, the release dates of the episodes and, and, and the break times and, and, and all these things has changed from with Wael, that was the old uh, account username, to now it's called Delving Into Islam Podcast, just for those of you who are interested in, you know, keeping up with these announcements. 
So yeah, for that, with that being said, and, and you know, I hope that, you know, um, I made it clear about today's topic. Um, uh, let's get right into, uh, the issue that we, I was just talking about, which is Islam is a strange religion. And that's of course the title of the episode. And for those of you who are wondering why, why the title Islam is a strange religion it's because it's simple. It is a strange religion according to the majority of mankind. Our religion is odd, is very strange, according to the majority of mankind. You know, the Prophet ﷺ told us, and by the way, I'm going to base the entire episode on one hadith. Of course, we're going to have certain verses from the Qur'an. However, the, 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 the source of our topic comes from a hadith that is so profound and for those of you who are struggling, and I'm going to mention one listener in specific who uh, emailed me, I, I remember right before the season finale, and I could not address the topic because I already prepared the topics for the you know the last season, and I promised her that inshallah I will address it in this season, and inshallah I'm keeping my promise now. Uh, uh, for those of you who are struggling with their faith based on this whole trend or based on the majority versus the minority, this hadith that I'm about to tell you is an incredible hadith that should strengthen your iman, your faith. It should make you proud to be a Muslim. So the hadith goes, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا Islam started as a strange religion. A strange thing. The Prophet is telling us, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا Islam started as a strange religion. وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا And it will return to being a strange religion. فَطُوبَ لِلْغُرَبَاءِ Glad tidings to the strangers. Now, again, this is simply the hadith, or this is the part of the hadith that we want to tackle today. And let's explain it. The Prophet ﷺ said, in a, literally in a nutshell, Islam started as a strange religion and it will come back to being a strange religion. So glad tidings or good news to the strangers. What is that supposed to mean? Well, for those of you who uh, uh, listened to season four, when we talked about the biography of the Prophet ﷺ and the beginning of Islam in the Arabian Peninsula, You'll know that Islam, when Islam started, when the Prophet ﷺ received the message, he became the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he became the messenger, he went to his people, the people of Quraysh, to convey the message, to tell them certain commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, uh, commanded the Prophet ﷺ to, you know, basically convey and to uh, tell them to do certain things and not to do uh, certain things. The people of Quraysh, the people of the Prophet, his own family, his own family and his own community, his own society, called him a madman, called him insane because they could not comprehend what is this strange religion. It's odd. It's an odd religion to them. What is this religion that tells you you have to pray five times a day? What kind of religion is that? What is this religion that tells you that you cannot deal in usury, you know, financial interest? Because, by the way, the people of Quraysh used to deal in usury a lot. You know, uh, riba. What is this religion that tells us to literally take a portion of our money, which is insignificant, 2.5% of our savings, and give it to the poor? 
and it's mandatory. Like if you don't do this, you're sinful. What kind of religion? This is odd. This is too much. Really? You're going to tell me how to live my life? What kind of religion tells you how to use the bathroom? What kind of religion tells you how to be intimate with your spouse? What kind of religion dictates all of these things? We don't want to follow it. That's what the majority of the people of Quraysh in the beginning said to the Prophet ﷺ. We don't want to follow. Well, what is this? This is bizarre. This is odd. And you're telling. And one of the things that bothered them, by the way, was that the rich of them, once they become Muslims, should befriend the poor, even if they were, you know, the, the ones that they're actually financially helping. So if I'm a rich person from Quraysh and I'm helping the poor. I should befriend that person. I should not make them feel like I am better than them. Because in the sight of Allah, I might not be. You know, the person, like I'm better or I'm worse, that all depends on my actions as a Muslim. On how I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how, how I, you know, uh, uh, act upon the commands. Uh, do I do haram things? Do I do halal things? Like that's what dictates who's a good person, who's better than who. But being in a higher status financially, and being in 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 uh, in uh, you know uh, in a family name that's pretty famous and a skin color and and you know ethnicity and no none of that because Allah gave you all of those things. Why would Allah care about them when Allah is the source of everything you have? Allah cares about your actions because your actions are your choice. Allah did not give him to you. Allah helps you if you need help, if you ask for help, if you have a pure heart, if you are not oblivious or if you don't want to be oblivious, if you are seeking the truth, like, you know, like I said, like our brothers and sisters who embraced Islam during the break and many more all over the world. Allah helps you and guides you to the right path. So Allah does not care about money, but they could not comprehend that. They believe that you know. They believed in and in, in, in basically the, the 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 status quo or like you know financial status. You know, I'm from the upper class. How can I? How, why would this religion ask me to hang out with the lower class? Doesn't make sense. Our religion tells us when you pay zakah or sadaqah, when you pay you know whether mandatory charity or you know the optional one. You should not make the receiving person, the poor person, you should not make them feel like they are poor. You should not make them feel like you are basically um, uh, helping them out because you're better than them. No. No. Every one of us is a sibling to the other. What does that mean? It means that right now I'm talking to my brothers and sisters in Islam. You guys are listening to your brother. You're, the Muslims around you, either a brother or a sister, we are siblings in Islam. So Islam does not know if you're rich or poor. Islam came to abolish that. And racism, Islam came to abolish racism. You know. So anyway, that's why Islam was an odd religion. Quran was an odd recitation. What is this? People like, you know, reciting Quran with a melody and with a with a rhythm and, and no 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 no. This is odd. This is weird. Right? Even though the words made perfect sense to them, by the way. So the Prophet is telling us, yeah, yeah, Islam started as a strange religion. And it will return to being a strange religion. So Islam will go back to being a strange religion towards the end of time, which is our time. Our time. 
You know, the Prophet ﷺ didn't say Islam is still odd or strange because when he, you know, uh, told us this hadith, that was a time where Islam was the norm. You know, Muslims, the people of Quraysh now embraced Islam and Islam became the norm. Just like, you know, for, for non-Muslims who know about Islam, everything in the beginning is odd, odd, odd until you, oh, that makes sense. Oh, Islam does make Oh my God, I feel so good about Islam. There's something entered my heart once I became a Muslim. And now certain people who are non-Muslims cannot comprehend un-Islamic actions. Subhanallah. So the, the same thing was for the people of Quraysh because the companions were mostly from Quraysh, right? So, uh, or the, at least the most elite of the companions, Abu Bakr siddiq Umar ibn al-Khattab, Uthman and, and, and Ali and so forth. So those people, you know, during the time of the hadith, Islam was the norm. Praying five times was the norm. Paying sadaqah, paying zakah was the norm. Uh, not committing adultery was the norm. You know, no fahisha, no sexual related sins was the norm. Treating each other kindly was the norm. Being humble in front of Allah was the norm. You know, reading Quran, reciting Quran most of the day was the norm. Dressing up modestly was the norm. Covering your aura was the norm. By the way, aura is the part of the body that you have to cover. So anyway, so all these things, you know, like were the norm. However, the Prophet ﷺ, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him see the future, he knows that Islam will come like a, a point in time will come before the day of judgment, which is again, wallahi, we are very close. You have no idea. We are very, very close. And, and towards the end of time, people, again, will look at Islam as an odd religion, as a very strange religion. Very odd, right? A lot of people, again, I'm not saying everybody, all non-Muslims, but the majority of mankind. You know, at the end of the day, how many Muslims... Uh, uh, are there in the world 1.8 billion well the, the world is past 8 billion we are definitely the minority and by the way i'm talking about muslims in general we're not talking about practicing muslims those who identify as muslims whether practicing or not are one point almost 1.8 billion you get it so we're minority with including the non-practicing muslims because some non-practicing muslims themselves look at islam as a strange and an odd religion and I've talked to certain people who identify as Muslims. However, they don't, they really don't, they, 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 are, they look at the, the practicing Muslims as truly strangers, as weird and odd and backwards. And I'm talking about Muslims, guys, people who identify themselves as Muslims. So we are very, very few in the world. Okay. So the Prophet gives the, 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 the beautiful, beautiful news to the strangers who are the strangers the strangers are the one who are practicing islam not just muslims by the way the strangers are not just those who identify as muslims because you can identify as a muslim and you do horrible un-islamic things we're talking about those who are steadfast those who are standing their ground in literally the time of chaos which we live in right now. Those who are practicing Muslims, those who do not compromise the religion for anyone or anything. Those are the strangers. Again, not all Muslims are considered to be those strangers that the Prophet was talking about. No, no, no. It's uh, some of them, those of them who are steadfast, those of them who are not compromising the religion, those who are truly practicing Islam as it should be. 
and doing their best. We're not saying they're perfect. They don't have to be from the elite, but they are doing their best. Okay? So the Prophet tells, addresses those people now. He said, glad tidings to the strangers. Good news to the strangers. You shall receive Jannah, inshallah. You shall, you shall go to paradise. If you stay steadfast as much as you know, you're know you alive, you shall receive paradise. So you see how, how wonderful this uh, hadith is? It's, it's wonderful because it's telling you you're not alone. The Prophet is saying, you're, don't worry, you're not alone. The majority of mankind will look at you as a stranger. The majority of mankind will look at your religion, Islam, as a strange religion. The majority of mankind, don't worry. Allah knows this was going to happen. Because by the way, this was not caused by Allah. Allah knows the future. We talked about this in destiny. Allah knows this was, Allah allowed it to happen. He did not cause it to happen. It's society, it's people what caused it to happen. So the Prophet is telling us, don't, don't, it's okay. You're going to be from the minority. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Because you shall enter Jannah because my, the minority, this minority, those who are steadfast shall get the ultimate reward of Jannah. Based on this hadith, I want to uh, uh, you know, uh, address the email that I received from uh, our listener, dear listener, Fabi. Thank you so much again for your email. And Fabi basically is a new, she's, a, she's been a revert. She, she became a Muslim, so she was not born uh, as a Muslim. She was a non-Muslim. She became a Muslim. And you know, she was trying to you know, strive and struggle to uh, get her faith in check and to st- strengthen her faith and to you know, gain knowledge and all these things, right? And then she wanted to, by the way, and this is this is supposed to be the, the the way to do it, which is try to find a Muslim community, Muslim friends, not any Muslim friends, and we're gonna get to that based on you know Fabi's story. J- practicing Muslims, we don't again. You don't have to go to a religious human being and be like, I'm not gonna be friends with anyone who is non-religious or who's not very very strict. No, but someone who is at least practicing, you know, someone who's not corrupt, someone who doesn't do sins or or there's oh, again we all do sins. But I'm talking about someone who's not you know identified by their sins because at the end of the day, your friend will affect you in your personality. So like any new Muslim. She tried to find Muslim friends. She tried to find Muslim sisters who were reverts as well, so she can you can you know they can relate to each other basically. And she found a group of Muslim reverts, uh, but unfortunately, the, their behavior, their lifestyle was on in a way un-Islamic. Now, I she didn't tell me details. Uh, maybe posting certain things on social media that they shouldn't be posting, uh, acting in in a, in a in a certain way that they shouldn't be acting. You know, being basically un- acting un-Islamically. Um, and uh, she saw that all of them are doing that, and that gave her some sort of a. a, a she was let down. You know, she was disappointed, but also it caused her to mentally be frustrated. Because imagine you you make group you met friends with 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 a, a group of Muslims, you were happy. Okay, we're gonna you know support each other. We're gonna push each other to you know uh, uh, to gain the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, so we can be winners in this life and in the hereafter. But lo and behold, all the people, at least the, the, the majority of them, you find that their behavior is un-Islamic. They're actually going away from Allah. They're doing things that they should not be doing. You know, certain things on social media that they should not be posting, all these things. So how do you feel? 
And that's exactly what Fabi was complaining about and she was worried about, as a matter of fact. She was really stressed and because she's like, am I like, am I in the wrong here? Do I believe myself to be, uh, you know, better than them? Like, am I arrogant, basically? Of course, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, but that's basically what it meant. Like, do, do I put myself in a, in a higher standard than I should be? Or what's going on? Who's, who's wrong here? Because these are a group of Muslims that I thought they will, you know, teach me and help me out. I'm going to help them and we're going to help each other to be better Muslims. But it seems like that's not the case. And she feels that she is lonely in, in a way, right? Because again, she's a new Muslim. So I'm assuming she, she didn't have tons of Muslim friends. And the, the people that she's tried to, you know, be friends with and, 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 and you know, have a, a little community with are acting in an un-Islamic way. And when she probably says something or acts in a certain way, they probably mock her. And then again, I'm, I'm guessing at this point, she basically told me that it's just frustrating. And I'm guessing maybe, or or maybe they just don't listen to her, or maybe she doesn't even tell them at all, because she sees that they are basically, you know, um, that that's the norm to them, right? So this hadith, sister, and again, again thank you so much for your your question. And uh, first of all, your your frustration is well understood; it's very reasonable. Uh, actually, if you were not frustrated, it would have been odd. Uh, so for you to be frustrated because of this, for you to be, uh, you know, raising your eyebrows and, and, and feeling weird a little bit, that's, that's, that's normal. That's the sign of Iman, of faith, of a true believer. And I also want to tell you that listen to the hadith now that we just mentioned, which is the Prophet is talking to you and those who are in your place, in your situation. Don't worry. You are from the minority. So the Prophet is affirming what you're feeling, the, the feeling of being lonely. Yeah. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I hope I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to praise myself, but I, I, would love, I would love to believe that I'm also from the minority. You know, I, I do certain things. I say the unpopular opinion. I go against the trend. If the trend, again, it's not cool to be against the trend. It's just if the trend is un-Islamic, then I don't care. I'm going against it, whether people like it or not. Again, don't take this as always go against the trend. No, if the trend is Islamic, follow it. If it's something good and it has benefit to it, follow it. But I'm talking about specifically un-Islamic trends. So uh, the Prophet is talking to you, talking to me, talking to many others, by the way. There's a lot of you know uh, Muslims out there. I'm assuming most of our listeners, you know, and the other half maybe you don't know, or that, again, I'm assuming most of, of, of the people out there are from the minority. Again, we are minority anyway. So I'm assuming that many Muslims are considered to be the minority of the minority, right? And what I want you to know is that the Prophet ﷺ is telling us, be patient. You are upon the truth. And if you are patient, you shall receive the biggest prize in, in, in this entire existence. Your whole purpose in life is to worship Allah. Why? Because we know that our purpose in life is to I created mankind and I created the jinn to worship me. You can live your life normally as long as you don't do any un-Islamic things. You can live your life in a halal way, but do not uh, 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 get distracted from the main purpose of your existence, which is worshiping Allah. But why do we worship Allah? To stay away from her fire and to go 
to Jannah to win that prize. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the Jannah is sil'atullahi ghaliyah. Allah is saying the commodity, the, the prize that Allah gives to the believers is expensive one. It's not a cheap, it's not a cheap reward. You're getting a very, very it's the most expensive thing in existence is to enter paradise. Think about that. That is your goal. And I promise you, if you keep Jannah in your you know in the foresight, and you keep it as your target, as your destination, you will not feel lonely inshallah you won't feel lonely because imagine and and the day of judgment those who followed the un-islamic trends and they were horrible and they did not repent and they didn't think about repenting and those who were disbelievers in the first place you'll see where you will be and where they will be your spot will be inshallah in paradise and in the highest levels of paradise and they will be suffering so, as a Muslim, as a Muslim, and we always said that, do not consider this life as the end all. We exist for the hereafter. We don't exist for this life. We use this life to go safely to the hereafter. Yes, we make mistakes, but we correct ourselves. We go back to Allah. It's that simple. You know, uh, being from the minority, being from the minority, is something very profound. Being from the minority does not mean that you are upon the wrong path. And also does not mean you're upon the right path, right? Being from the majority also does not dictate the fact that, yeah, this is the truth. No. Let me tell you something very interesting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in multiple verses in the Quran, multiple verses in the Quran, repeats this phrase. Allah saying, the majority of mankind, the majority of mankind, do not comprehend. They don't comprehend. Comprehend what? What's right and what's wrong. The truth from falsehood. They do not comprehend the religion of Allah. They do not comprehend the commands of Allah. They do not comprehend Jannah. They do not comprehend hellfire. And that's why you see a lot of atheists who don't believe that God exists. You see agnostics who say, oh, we believe there's a power, which is we don't believe it's God. You know, and you see a lot of people that you give them solid logical proof and they're like, no, we just want to see God. If you see God, we believe in God. If we don't see God, and Allah is addressing those people, people do not comprehend the majority of mankind, by the way. Which means the minority is what? It's good. You're good being from the minority. Another phrase is mentioned uh, about also 11 or, 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 or so is 11 times or so in the Quran which is but most of mankind do not believe so one is do not comprehend which was mentioned 11 or, or 12 times and another one is the majority of the majority of mankind do not believe do not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not believe in the messengers do not believe in the prophet do not believe they do not believe Allah also mentions another phrase that's mentioned multiple times in the Quran. Most of mankind do not thank Allah for what they have. Which is a fact. How many of us keep thanking Allah every time they get something good? I'm not saying none. I'm just saying how many of us. Compare this to the 
global population to the human population. Do the math. Like I said, we are one almost 1.8 who are including non-practicing Muslims and practicing Muslims. And we know that non-practicing Muslims, it's very unlikely that they will thank Allah every time something good happens to them. Maybe once in a while, but not every time. And of course, the, 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 the masses, the, 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 the 6 billion out of the 8 billion, don't, they don't believe in Allah. So they again, they don't thank Allah the proper way. That means a very tiny portion of human beings, of mankind, actually thank Allah. And this is what Allah is telling us in the Quran. So based on these three phrases, we derive a very simple formula that the minority of mankind are upon the truth. The minority of, and this will always be the case, by the way, the minority of mankind will be uh, you know, on the right path. The minority of mankind shall receive paradise as a reward in the hereafter. So being from the minority is not such a bad thing, right? It's a wonderful thing. I wish everyone was from the minority, Wallahi. I wish, but unfortunately, people are people. And you're going to find a lot of pushback to the truth, a lot of pushback from, you know, the uncommon thing, you know, the untrendy thing, like we said. So to you and to everybody out there who, you know, feels lonely because they are trying to practice Islam, but the people around them, whether they're Muslims or non-Muslims, are not allowing them to do so or are overwhelming them, with un-Islamic behavior, stay steadfast. Yes, you can deviate once in a while, but come back to Allah. Come back to Allah and ask for His forgiveness and guidance. Because you, wallahi, wallahi, it is a badge of honor to be from the minority. You want to be from the minority. I want to give you uh, a few examples of uh, being... Uh, Islam being a very strange religion again, like being from the minority. Like I said, most of mankind look at Islam as very strange. Uh, most of mankind look at Muslims as they are strangers, the strange people follow a strange religion. And I'm going to give you live examples of things. And I, again, I, I can't mention every single thing that proves that, but I'm going to give you a few things that proves that point. And hopefully, inshallah, when we go through it, it will make our faith and iman even stronger. So let's talk about uh, the idea of hijab, of, of wearing a hat scarf. Now, I know uh, the majority of our Muslim sisters wear it. Some of them don't wear it, which is fine. They, they don't feel that they're ready. And inshallah, when the time comes when they, you know, uh, increase their knowledge, increase their ability to, you know, change that part of their lifestyle, inshallah, they will do so. Uh, however, however, you have the majority of mankind looking at hijab as an odd thing. You know, I've got that question many times. Why do women wear hijab from non-Muslims? But do you have to wear, do they really have to cover themselves? I get that question a lot. And when I say it's modesty, yeah, 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 but you don't really have to cover your hair for modesty, you know? Yeah, but here's the thing. When we follow Allah's commands, we don't not derive the logic of the command. We don't say, well, yeah, it makes sense, so we're going to do it. No, 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 no. When Allah tells us to do something, we do it immediately. Once we verify that it's actually coming from Allah, it's authentic, we do it. 
whether we comprehend it or not. And we, I mentioned this before. And the reason why is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows better than you and me. You can't even compare our knowledge. Our knowledge came from Allah. It's like a tiny drop in Allah's knowledge. Allah gave us like a drop of his knowledge. And that's what we're living with right now. So do not think that your logical or your logic that in your brain will be able to comprehend everything. And if it doesn't, do not say, well, if it doesn't make sense to me, then I'm not going to do it. No. We follow Allah's commands, then we try to find why. And if we find why, amazing, beautiful. And if we don't fully comprehend it, and by the way, Allah, out of his mercy, gave us a reason for everything. Maybe not like a, a, like a very detailed, you know, to the littlest, tiniest detail. But Allah gave us enough detail about every command he gave us that for us to be like, okay, we get it. Makes sense. Because again, Allah's wisdom and Allah's knowledge is 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 infinite compared to ours. It's actually infinite, period, not just compared to ours, right? Allah created the concept of knowledge. Just think about that for a second. The concept of comprehending, the concept of knowledge, the concept of wisdom was created by Allah. It's it's very hard to wrap your head around that. So Allah has ultimate wisdom, but Allah also created the concept of wisdom. So subhanAllah. But anyway, back to the, our point. So yeah, hijab is not comprehend. Like a lot of people don't comprehend it. Yeah, maybe some non-Muslims, some non-Muslims get it, understand it. But even even if they're pol- being polite about it and being like, well, this freedom of choice and let them do what they want and you know, dress up as they want. If you ask them to their core, do you really think it's logical? They'll be like, mm, it's strange. The key word here. Strange. It doesn't make sense. Dating, the concept of dating, again, to the to, to the majority of mankind today is weird. That we do not date. Muslims don't do dating. You know, you, talk, you, you tell people, like, I've had someone who told me that at school he had to pretend that he is dating so he doesn't look odd. And he'd be like, no, no, no I'm dating. And then he had to make up a girl that he didn't even know. There was nobody. But that shows you, by the way, you really want to belong to society. You really want to belong to today's world. You want to follow the trend of dating. So you say, oh, yeah, I date. Yeah, don't worry. I'm one of you guys. And that is a key point here. That's a key point. Instead of the Muslims saying, no, we are special. We're not going to do what you do. You're not going to make us compromise our religion. Unfortunately, many of us follow the trend we tell the non-muslims or the non-muslim society no 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 please we're part of you guys we're part of the society please don't exclude us please we want to belong we want to belong it's the worst thing a muslim can do is trying to belong to an un-islamic society wanting to belong wants you know wanting to blend in it's sad and it shows the level of faith is dropping drastically. If you want to belong to a non-Muslim society and you're desperate to belong that you have to say certain things that are un-Islamic for people to accept you. Oh boy. Anyway, another concept that's weird to a lot of non-Muslims and some Muslims, a wife obeying her husband. We Remember, we, I had a whole episode about that. A wife obeying her husband. Wait, what? Obeying? Is she a slave? A woman has her independence from her husband. So why did she get married in the first place? By the way, 
A woman should not be independent from her husband. A husband should not be independent from his wife. It's that simple. But no. You are the women are not properties. Actually, Islam is the only religion, literally the only religion that tells us that women are not properties. They're not objects. That's why Islam says, do not look at the woman because she's beautiful, she's uh, you know physically attractive. Cover that and talk to the woman. Talk. Instead of looking at her body or looking at how you know the makeup or whatever the stuff that you know a woman would put on. Women are not a display, you know, a displayed objects. They're not. They're not pretty things to look at. Islam is the number, the only religion actually that is very firm when it comes to women are not objects. Islam is literally the first religion that says that women women have the right to inherit. By the way, before Islam that did not exist. Women have, you know, the right to own land. That did not exist before Islam. Look it up. This is, by the way, these are all historical facts. But when you say a wife should obey her husband, and when we mentioned what, what does obey mean? Like to not, if, if a husband really is, and we're talking about a righteous, good husband, a religious, a truly Muslim husband who would not abuse him being a husband with his wife, you know? Just don't 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 disobey him because you cause a friction in the house. Do it out of love, but you say this now and a huge backlash, even from some Muslim sisters. And again, it shows you it's just we're losing our grip when it comes to the religion. By the way, this hadith by the Prophet that he said basically there there will be a time, and I'm assuming this time. When a Muslim, basically, a Muslim who's holding on to his or her religion will be like someone who's holding a piece of, of coal, like a burned coal or like a lot, piece of lava, basically, in their hands. Basically, holding on to the religion will be very difficult as if you're holding on to a piece of lava. Imagine. And that shows. It shows. It really shows. Um, the, the, the idea of not dealing in usury. That's another thing that's basically a trend. And unfortunately, it's a trend among Muslim communities as well. Uh, they kind of try to justify it by saying, we live in a non-Muslim land, so it's halal and you're supposed to do it. And then when you say, I, I don't want to do that, I'm not going to deal in usury. I'm not going to, for example, buy a house with conventional mortgage. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. You get backlash from Muslim friends, for example, from Muslim brothers and sisters, from people like, dude, like, come on, what, you think you're better than us? What's going on? Wallahi, this happens. This happens. And it shows you that, again, being upon the truth is the unpopular thing. Again, without being vulgar, without being disrespectful, it's just being the, it's, it's the unpopular thing. Another thing is, um, you know, um, not supporting the LGBTQ. Not supporting the LGBTQ. Uh, this is, is a lot of Muslims came out. Some of them are politicians. Uh, very few, very few scholars who were trying to be nice, and basically very few. Not the Alhamdulillah, not even close to the to, to, to even being you know close to, to to the majority. Very few, and uh, politicians and celebrities and 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 some Muslims, just normal Muslims, who came and said we support them. We support their cause. And of course, we know that now the unpopular thing is to say anything negative about the LGBTQ. You will be canceled immediately, immediately. 
it will be cancelled immediately. And some Muslims, they don't want to, you know, be cancelled. So they follow the trend. They follow the trend. And that makes those who are steadfast, the strangers, it makes their life more difficult. It makes their lives way more difficult because even Muslims, some Muslims, not all of them, some Muslims are following the trend and they're going against them. You know, did you? there is an LGBTQ mosque now in Houston, I think, or they're about to build one in Houston. There's one in San Francisco. And I'm like, what is happening in the world? What is happening? There was also another mosque. I saw this odd video of, of a mixed gender mosque. So they really, a woman standing right next to a man who is not her husband. Uh, and they're led by a female imam. And I saw this video recently and, and I'm like, this can't be real. It was real, by the way. And I'm like, this, this can't be real. Because you're trying to modernize Islam. You're trying to make it modern. So you're trying to show the world, listen, look, we can pray next to each other, no problem. We can be led by a female imam, no problem. 2023, here we come, Muslims, don't worry, we're, we belong to the, to the Western society. Please don't think that we're barbaric. Please don't think that we're backwards. Here you go, see, this is, this is modern prayers right there. You know, there's so many wrong things with, with the video that I saw. And also another thing was that the, the, the lady, the imam, when she was reciting Quran, she was saying, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, by the name of Allah the Merciful. Like she was in the middle of the prayer interpreting or translating, not even interpret, translating her words. That nullifies the salah. The prayers must be in Arabic only. You don't pray Quran in English. You don't interpret every verse during your salah. You can do this outside of prayers. And I'm like, what is going on? People are coming up with strange things when it comes to the religion. People are deviating from the sunnah. People are deviating from the true way of worshiping Allah because it doesn't match their agendas. It doesn't match their logical thinking. If it doesn't make sense to them, it, they will change it. And that basically it's progressive Muslims. That's the motto of progressive Muslims. If there are any certain verses or certain practices that don't match our comprehension, we're going to change it. And, you know, it's, it's great. Like, do you guys know why there's no female imams just to address this? Do you guys have an idea? I mentioned this multiple times. There, is no, there are no female imams that a man cannot stand behind a woman in salah because a man should not look at a woman while she's bending over, while she's kneeling, while she's... It's, 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 it's not appropriate. It's inappropriate to look at a woman while she's bending because the imam has to bend uh, in front of the, the, the rest of those who are praying behind him. And, it's, and that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons. It's, it's, it's inappropriate. That's why, by the way, for those of you who don't know, during the, the, the Jum'ah or any congregation prayers, the best row for men to pray at is the front row. Again, the best row is to, to, to pray at for a man is the front row, the row right behind the imam. And the worst row is the last row. Why? Because the women are standing close because women stand behind the men. So now the men who are closest to women, 
it's not, it's not, the, again, I'm not saying the, the, the salah won't be accepted, but the rewards are the worst. You don't get as as nearly enough rewards as if you stand in the front row. And look at this, the opposite for women. The worst row for a woman to stand at is the front one because it's closer to men. And the best row is, now, I, I get the idea, oh, are they going to fight over the last row? Then there won't be any last row. I get that part, but it's basically a woman should stand in the last row, you know, as far as possible from men, or they can just separate them as far as possible from men. And why is that? Because Islam is a disciplined religion. It tells you separate men and women who are not basically uh, related, who are not married to each other. Separate them. We don't want anybody to look, you know, we don't want, I've seen it. Wallahi, I've seen sometimes things in, in the mosques with, with, the, with the young kids. You know, a kid in the last row looks at the girl in the front row. They, you know, lock eyes and then they smile. I've seen this with my own eyes. For those who think it's too much for Islam to ask men and women to even separate themselves in Salah, this happens, Islam makes sense. Islam is a disciplined religion that tells you you should discipline yourself. Again, people look at this and they think, this is odd, man. This is such a strange thing. Why Islam is so much and so uptight, you know, it's like so uptight and so conservative and it doesn't make sense. And of course, we have, you know, the famous day, uh, one of the most famous days of the of the year, which is Valentine's Day. You know, this day where you see all the love in the air, you know, and you see all the red roses, the red hearts, and, you know, it's just love everywhere. And, you know, all the singles make the jokes. They, they just start saying, oh, I hate that day. They should have a singles day instead of Valentine's Day and all, all the fun stuff that you see every year. However, this day is also one of the biggest examples of that Muslims, certain Muslims have FOMO. They want to belong to the trend, right? This day is celebrated by the whole world. This day is also celebrated in Muslim countries. Can you imagine? And uh, again, Muslims, many Muslims, they feel like, you know, they have FOMO, they have the fear of missing out and they want to belong. They want to celebrate it, whether they have a halal relationship or if they have a non-halal relationship. You know, married couple, they celebrate Valentine's Day. Now I'm saying a lot of them, by the way, a lot of Muslims, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them, you know, many Muslim wives, they get mad at their husbands if they don't buy them flowers on that day or if they don't take him out on that day or, or if they don't you know buy them a gift on that day and, and the list goes on and it's just it's crazy to me how muslims are so adamant about such a day and that's one of the examples but it's a big one it's like an obvious one every day valentine's day everybody's celebrating and certain muslims who don't celebrate valentine's day they feel like they're depressed because everybody's sharing the love and that's by the way that's one of the methods of shaitan to make you feel like they're you're left out and uh that you're like you know you're not happy in your life you're being you know locked in and you're just depressed and while everybody else is having fun and they're all the love in the world is happening out there you're just you know just praying mentioning allah come on yeah where's the fun in that that's what shaitan does that's what satan does you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the chapter of mujadala shaitan wants to make you sad allah is telling us 
Shaitan wants to make you depressed. Shaitan wants to make you unhappy by, hey, look at this. You could have been having fun and you're just sitting there not celebrating with everybody else. You know, and then again, that shows Islam is odd. It doesn't, it should not. I mean, I'm talking about real Muslims here, real practicing Muslims, the strangers again. They're not, they're not following everybody else. They're not trying to be like everybody else. And guess what? Guess what? The Valentine's Day, for those who are celebrating it, 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 it has a very interesting origin. So it's basic. First of all, it's a Christian celebration, right? And, and for those of you who know the story behind Valentine's, on, in the third century, I believe, uh, there was this emperor, the Roman emperor, who basically prevented soldiers from getting married so they can go to war and they won't be distracted. So they can just, you know, be, be soldiers and, and they won't be, you know, distracted by any, by family, by their wives. And so he prevented that and he made it basically forbidden for men to get married. However, there was the saint his name was St. Valentine. And St. Valentine, basically, what he did is he secretly used to marry uh, the soldiers to, you know, to, to, to the ladies, the men, to the women. And basically, so they can have a family. And this would be like a secret love. And, of course, the emperor found out. And he uh, had this this uh, this saint, St. Valentine. Uh, he had him executed. Uh, and uh, he became a martyr, uh, again, according to the Christian faith. And since then, they uh, they started celebrating uh, Valentine's Day, right? They, they, that's that's where found. So it's a Christian belief. So basically, the Catholic Church they uh, chose to honor Saint Valentine by dedicating a day that that is called Valentine's Day, and that's where you get the Valentine's Day. You want a darker history? So in that that happened in the third century. That story with Saint Valentine's and marrying you know people in secret in the fifth century there was a a very interesting ritual that happened in rome which is basically a group of saints were running the streets naked i'm not making this up look it up this is actually coming from the the new york times look up the article a group of saints would run in the street naked slapping women gently quote-unquote gently that's from the article uh, slapping them with the blood of sacrificed animals. I'm not making that up. Wallahi, I'm not making it up. Uh, and uh, basically, it shows that it's it's like a symbol of fertility. So to slap women with the blood of sacrificed um, animals. Then later on, these women would be paired with men, like whatever, uh, via lottery. It's it's and not married, by the way, They're not getting married. They would just be paired for sexual activities. So basically, it was an orgy. I'm sorry for the you know the, the using that word, but basically that's what it was. It was an orgy in the fifth century. So anyway, the Pope at the time, I forgot his name. Uh, it was written in an article. He found out that this day was too problematic. He found it very disturbing. So he. He decided to replace that day, the 14th of February, he decided to replace it with Valentine's Day, with basically celebrating the death of the quote-unquote martyr, St. Valentine's. So that's where the date came from. So that is the origins of what Muslims celebrate today. And that's another example of Muslims should be away from all of these things. We should be more disciplined. We should be true strangers to such, you know, things. You know, um, in Sweden, a few weeks ago, there was this, this dude, this guy, who basically there was a protest 
in front of the Turkish embassy and then this guy took the Quran for those of you who don't know it was pretty famous um, infamous actually incident where he uh, burned the Quran in public and you know it was all over the news and then the, the Swedish government they protected them and, and they were basically providing a safe environment for them to just spill out hatred but here's the odd thing here's the odd thing first of all someone burning the Quran doesn't mean anything there were millions and millions and millions of Muslims who memorized the entire Quran by heart. So you can't do anything to Quran, just to let you know. However, the odd thing is that when, when in this, this is in, in, in Europe, and in Europe, if, if for certain conservatives, not Muslims, by the way, who are, were conservatives, tried to burn the LGBT, the rainbow flag, they, they were charged with hate crime. Do you guys understand the, 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 the hypocrisy in this situation? Pure hypocrisy. Again, because Islam is not trendy. Islam is not the norm. That's why a lot of people look at Islam. It's dangerous because they can't comprehend it, because they don't understand it. You know, people keep uh, shouting, uh, you know, block or, or, or boycott Sharia law, boycott Sharia law. They don't even know what Sharia means, <laughs> which is very ironic. To hate and Sharia is literally praying five times a day is you applying Sharia. Sharia does not mean in any way, shape, or form harm anyone. Doesn't mean that. It means just being a good Muslim. Simple. <laughs> people don't even understand that. When I see people talking about Sharia, I'm like, do you guys know what Sharia is? You don't know. You clearly have zero knowledge about what Sharia means. Let's talk about another incident, which is Qatar 2022. Qatar 2022, the, the World Cup, where, where every all, all the world was, was, was furious because the World Cup was being held in a country that bans LGBTQ, that bans alcohol. And of course, you saw the headlines everywhere. And everybody was willing, ready to hate. And, and by the way, a lot of reporters were just boycott Qatar, boycott Qatar, boycott Qatar, right? And it again, it shows you that Qatar, the, the, the behavior is odd to the rest of the world. What are those people banning alcohol? I can't enjoy myself while I'm watching the game. Or LGBT, they're suppressing people and, and freedom and whatever. Okay. The UK Times, the magazine, released a very interesting article during the games or towards the end of the games, basically, of the, of the World Cup, where they said that they made a there was a there was a survey that basically women felt safer than any other world cup or any other gaming event because there was banning of alcohol again because qatar banned alcohol women felt safer than any other time they attended like a world cup or any other major you know sports event because they were not sexually harassed by drunk men this is the by the way the uk times you can look up the articles there by the way there are other outlets who reported something similar but i'm talking about the big one which is the you know the uk times well i guess that islam makes sense then you know banning alcohol makes good sense it's clean and it's pure and people don't act like you know predators uh, around women when they're not drunk because they are fully aware of what they're doing that was a full article it's as if those who are attacking Muslims or, or, or Islamic behaviors, they're like, well, but they're, you know, but they're banning alcohol. But wait, whoa, wait, 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 it makes sense. Huh? I think it makes sense. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it makes sense. 
Yeah, women were not sexually harassed. Yeah, it makes sense. People were respectful because they were not drunk. Okay, okay, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> Subhanallah. Wallahi, that's... Again, it shows you that being upon the truth, you will be attacked by maybe the majority, maybe some, I don't know. But staying steadfast, either eventually those people will give up because you're strong. Stay strong upon your belief when it's the right belief though. Because other the, the, one of two things will happen. Either the people who are attacking you for being from the minority upon the truth will give up because you are still steadfast, you're standing your ground, you're not you know moving. Or those people either will join you or at least they will understand. So one of three things. Like did this the 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 UK Times, they understood. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Women felt safe. Makes sense. Thank you guys for protecting our women. So again, staying steadfast, standing your ground will lead to one of three things. If you keep steadfast, one those who follow the trend, those who attack you, those who make you feel lonely will give up. Number two, they will join you. They will see what you're seeing. Allah will guide them. They will join you. Number three, if they don't do either, they will at least understand. They're not going to keep fighting. Listen, at the end of the day, no one keeps fighting for something that's basically from falsehood. Doesn't happen. Falsehood could get big, could get popular for a very long time. But it won't last forever. It won't last forever. Anyway. Oh, by the way, another thing, another situation uh, that happened uh, during the World Cup was when this news reporter from Fox News, a lady, who posted this social media video mocking the, 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 the Qatari system because she was entering, I believe, the stadium and she found that there were two gates, one for the men, one for the women. So she basically released a viral video mocking, oh, look at this, barbaric. Oh, they're trying to, uh, this is something very special, but I don't feel special. I'm being treated, you know. It's very interesting. She was, again, mocking that they have a separate gate for women and, and, and men. And the funny thing is they're doing it to preserve your dignity because men will be searched by men and women will be searched by women. So you're trying to, telling me that you are upset because you are not being searched by men? Hmm, very interesting. You think this is something that should be mocked? Hmm, very interesting. And it shows you that when you're upon the truth, even if it's the truth is very obvious to many of us, some people, and maybe the majority of people will look at it like, this is barbaric, this is very backwards. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Islam, that's Islam, right? That is the religion that supports, you know, being backwards and, and supports, you know, uh, uh, arranged marriage and supports all the weird things. Yeah, 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 makes sense. And they will think they're upon the truth, but they're not. You know, one last point uh, that happened in during the World Cup when the Moroccan team lost in the finals against France. They prostrated after the after the game, and many people, including some Muslims, but the majority were from the non-Muslims. They could not believe. Okay, they understood the fact that okay, they prostrate when they win to thank God, to thank Allah, but they lost and they still prostrated. Why? People did not comprehend. They, they thought this was the strangest thing ever, right? But they don't understand that the Moroccan team was practicing something that's 
basically coming from the sunnah. When the Prophet said, when you lose something, when you lose something, be patient and thank Allah for what you have accomplished. That's exactly what they did. You know, the Prophet said, Ajaban li amril mu'min. It's amazing the matter of a believer. In asabatu darra sabar. If something wrong or bad or a hardship befalls them, they are patient. in asabatu sarra shakar. And something good happens to them, they are thankful to Allah. And basically, the Prophet said, summarize to us the meaning of happiness in this life. If you are a true believer, look, if anything bad happens to you, you are patient and you're asking Allah for help. You're patient. And Allah rewards you for that. And if something good happens to you, you're thankful to Allah. And Allah also rewards you for that. So everything is good for you. Imagine being a believer, everything is good. If you are patient or if you're thankful to Allah. And this is exactly what they did. They were patient and they were also thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for getting to the finals. Something that a lot of people did not could not comprehend. But anyway, you could be a one-person nation. Ummati rajulun wahid or ummati imra'atin wahida. You can be a one-woman nation or a one-man nation. If the society around you, if the people around you are not practicing Islam the proper way, don't think you're not upon the truth. Because at the end of the day, majority does not signify the truth. Keep that in your head. The Prophet told us the minority shall be rewarded with Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the majority of people are upon the falsehood. So rest assured, you are, again, don't think that automatically if you're from the minority, you're upon the truth. No. But rest assured that your being from the minority does not mean that you are upon the falsehood. Okay? Being from the majority does not signify truth. Being from the minority does not signify falsehood. If you're following the commands of Allah, you are upon the truth. Doesn't matter if you're from the majority or the minority. So just think about that. Like, for example, you know, Muslim uh, employees who go with their coworkers to happy hour. They don't drink, but they still go to the bar and, you know, they are surrounded by people who are, you know, drunk just because they want to belong to the team. They don't want to feel that they are, you know, outcasted or they don't want to feel like they're, they're odd or weird. You know, um, a lot of other stuff, you know, um, for example, Muslims who miss on their prayers because they were their, they are with their non-Muslim friends and they don't want their non-Muslim friends to feel odd or weird. Muslims, unfortunately, some Muslims, they want to belong to society, even if it's un-Islamic. They want to be cool. And one of the biggest trends that I've seen in, in this last December was Muslims posting videos and pictures of themselves and their families celebrating Christmas. Yes, you heard me correctly. Muslims celebrating Christmas in support of the Christians. So instead of saying, okay, I understand that you guys have your own beliefs, which contradicts completely our beliefs, but anyway, we respect that. We respect all religions. No, you take it a step further, very far as a matter of fact, by saying, I'm going to celebrate Christmas with you guys. I'm going to celebrate that God has a son. Something that the heavens and the earth shake from anger when somebody claims that. Do you guys know that this is in the Quran, by the way? When someone claims that Allah has a son, 
They were, they're about to, the, the, the heavens is about to split open. Earth is about to, you know, crack. Literally. Because someone claimed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a son. But you, my Muslim brother, my Muslim sister, you celebrate Christmas and you have a Christmas tree and you teach your children understanding and loving other religions. That's not how you do it. First, you teach your children that this is haram and you should not do that. And then you teach him, but you should be respectful of other beliefs. That's what a true Muslim does. But what a Muslim or a wannabe kind of cultural Muslim or progressive Muslim is someone who, oh, we celebrate Christmas, no problem. We celebrate Halloween with you guys, no problem. All these un-Islamic religious holidays, yeah, 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 we do it. But unfortunately, the minority, and I'm saying unfortunately because they are the minority, telling themselves and their families we do not do that because it compromises our religion be respectful to others be respectful to your neighbors be respectful to your non-muslim community no problem say happy holidays no problem but do not go celebrate christmas this is insane and again there are a lot more examples a lot more i can keep talking for hours about examples of Non-Muslims looking at us as a strange religion And uh, uh, You know Muslims themselves um, Trying to follow the trend And they look at certain Islamic commands And certain verses and certain ahadith As a strange and odd thing That way what are you talking about And the list goes on and on There are many examples in the world you know, I'll never forget the first time uh, I was praying and I was, you know, back in my old company and they walked in on me because I used uh, a meetings room to pray and they were like, wait, wait, what's happening here? And then I had like a billion questions after, uh, after I finished prayers, like, because I, I knew them, they were kind of my coworkers. I didn't, I didn't have a close relationship with them, but they're like, oh, so what do you do? Like, uh, do you have to do this like once a day? Oh, five times. Oh my God. So what are you supposed to do? And, and it's odd to them. And they were being very respectful. It's just it was really odd. The idea of it being very strange behavior to them. You know, when I fast and I'm like, yeah, I need some coffee, but I can't drink coffee. Well, you can't even drink water. Oh, my God. Are children supposed to fast with you guys? And like, again, it's odd to them what we do. But they don't see the bigger picture. The bigger picture is we do all of that for paradise, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to enter paradise. So I hope, uh, you know, for those of you who are struggling like our sister Fabi or, you know, other Muslims, um, I hope that this gives you some sort of, you know, consolation. This gives you some sort of boost. You know, one, one last thing, I actually wanted to say this example earlier, but I'm just going to mention this one example and then, uh, inshallah, we're going to move on. I, I was at a, at a friend's wedding and uh, Maghrib time came to pray and uh the isha time was was very close so i was scared to miss maghrib so i told my my you know my friends let's let's go pray maghrib before isha comes and then we lose maghrib and i started telling uh you know them let's just go make wudu and then we find a room and 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 you know we can pray even on our jackets because you know the floor was not clean or whatever people were stepping on it, so we just put our jackets as our you know our rug prayer rug and just pray. Now of course many of them they were like yeah yeah let's do it and some were like really don't want to get up and they're like ah I don't know about that, 
But there was this one guy in particular who was not a friend. I like he just was happened to be a friend of a friend who was there. So he kept saying no. He he literally told one of my friends, just just stay. You don't have to go. Yeah, just enjoy the show. And I'm like, wait, what? So I told asked my friend, I was like, so you're not you're gonna not gonna make wudu? And then this guy goes, you're are you from you know one of those people? I'm like, what people? He goes, you know, those who kind of force people to pray, those who kind of, you know, push people and, and you know, keep like, you know, reminding them in an annoying way. He didn't say the word annoying, but he's like, are you one of those people who keep pushing people to, you know, pray and keep asking? By the way, that, that, that guy was a Muslim. I mean, he's, I'm assuming he's still a Muslim. I'm just saying like that, that's a Muslim right there. So I said, first of all, I don't know you. So don't tell me, are you one of those people? And yes, I'm, I'm proudly one of those people. Uh, alhamdulillah, I'm not from the other people who hate it when someone asks them to pray when they, you know, when the prayer time comes and they don't pray. And I was trying to be very polite, but at the same time firm. You know, that's how you have to be with certain people. So I was like, yeah, alhamdulillah, I'm from those people. I'm not from the other type of people who get mad when they're being asked to pray. Then he was quiet. I was, you know, I just said what I said. And then, alhamdulillah, my friend came and prayed. But I'm just trying to show you. This is a Muslim who identifies as a Muslim, is angry and mad because I'm asking. And it's not like I was nagging people. I was, literally said it twice. Hey, guys, just, we need to, Aisha's about to come. Let's pray. And it's very insane to me that a Muslim gets offended or upset that he's being told by someone who cares about it. Again, I told everyone, including him. But then I didn't like go, hey, hey, man, can you, come on, can you go? No, no, no. I said to everyone at the table, guys, let's just make wudu. Those who want to make wudu, those who stayed. So I just repeated to those who stayed in general. But it's just fascinating that even the most basic thing in Islam, to pray five times a day, is odd to certain people. And they get angry when you ask them to do it. And that basically sums up the society that we live in. So my 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 last you know, advice to you guys is to just stay steadfast. Don't feel lonely. Don't feel depressed. The world might be going crazy. And it is, wallah. You know, with all the social media stuff, Muslims now are dancing on social media. Muslim sisters who are doing all the un-Islamic things and Muslim brothers who are, are doing all the un-Islamic things on social media, you know, singing, lip-syncing, saying the F-words and F-bombs and, and, and talking in a vulgar way on social media. This is all nothing. That's a lot of noise. And that's all also the work of shaitan to get you to feel depressed that you're from the minority. It's a tactic that the shaitan uses, that, the, that Satan uses. Do not let Satan win. Remember paradise. Remember the promise of the Prophet wasallam to the minority. فَطُوبَ لِلْغُرَبَاءِ Glad tidings to the believers. Good news, you shall receive Jannah, inshallah, paradise. Again, thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.